Recommendations from the inquest into the 2015 bushfire deaths have been handed down. It was the main story on the program today. You'll hear that in the catch-up. We also give you an update on that fire at the Esperance Port facility. What caused it? They don't know, but we'll tell you what we do know. Also, talk on digital with Kim Madison. That's coming up at the end of the podcast. What is coming 2020 when it comes to digital technology or just technology in general? You'll find out soon on Triple M's Catch-Up. Bye. Across Esperance, Sean for breakfast. A really unusual story. I mean, yesterday morning I came into work, everything looked fine and dandy, and then I heard that there was a huge fire at the ports overnight, and two nights later we're getting some rough details about what exactly happened. I did contact Southern Ports Authority. They didn't want to send a spokesperson on this show. They didn't want to talk to me about it because they know that I am a very tough interviewer. But they did say that the fight broke out just after 1 a.m. Uh, on uh, Monday, well, Tuesday morning, I suppose. Uh, it happened in one of the electrical storage sheds and escalated until the entire shed was destroyed. There's an estimated $2 million worth of damage, although that can't be sure. We are going to have some visitors to town this morning. DFES will be here to investigate what caused the blaze. Either way, the best news to come out of this was that no one was hurt. They were able to subdue the blaze in under two hours. So well done to everyone that was called out and helped fight it. Across Esperance, Sean for breakfast. Now with a very important day, the official coroner's inquest into the deaths of three backpackers and local grass patch farmer Kim Kerno was handed down with 12 recommendations from the coroner. Now, I could go through all these points, but we might be here all day. But there were three that I thought were particularly interesting. The coroner said that we needed to create three additional defense positions effective immediately. That's a district officer, an area officer, and a bushfire risk management officer. They needed to be full-time positions starting now. Uh, she also said that a career fire and rescue service station needed to be established to help out the Esperance Ravensthorpe community and the volunteer firefighters. Uh, she also wanted more permanent firefighting appliances and earthwork equipment available and to be purchased for the town. Now, if you do want to see the rest of these recommendations, I will pop them up on the Triple M Essence Facebook page. As I said before, and as I said just then, they're only recommendations. So it's up to the Minister for the Emergency Services to come to the table, adopt these recommendations and implement them. Bushfires are all around Australia at the moment. We're burning away slowly. Uh, we need every mitigation uh, strategy implemented as soon as possible. Across Esperance, Sean for breakfast. Chris Russell is a podcast host of Agriminders. Season 3 has dropped on podcast1.com.au covering topics such as farming on Mars and whether kangaroos is a viable agriculture business. He joins me now, the podcast host. Chris, how are you? Yeah, pretty good. How are you? I'm well. Now, I'm like a lot of farmers, I reckon, when it comes to things like blockchains, like cryptocurrencies, like new technologies entering into an industry. I'm very sceptical. That's why this podcast was so very interesting. But before we get into it, explain to the average farmer what is a blockchain? What is the difference between traditional transactions, like between a bank and their customers, and these blockchain transactions? Yes, so in very simple terms, and I'm just a simple scientist, so I struggle just as much with all this. 
in the past, we've always depended on some third party to audit some transaction we have to do. It might be auditing whether we're capable of paying money, which is normally called a bank. It might be the whole country being audited about. And that's why our banknotes have written on the bottom, I promise to pay. Now, the person who's promising to pay is a reserve bank. With blockchain, you don't need that third party anymore because all the information about what's backing that money or that contract or that that particular audit of safety, whatever it is, all that information is contained cryptically associated with whatever that's going on. So the side benefit of blockchain for farmers is that they can now have contracts because all the information is there that can automatically trigger. So instead of having to go back to a bank or, a, you know, an authority or a shipping company or someone else, as soon as a particular document or event occurs, the blockchain will say, OK, we've all agreed that when that occurs, you get your money. And so your money's in your account instantly without having to go through any verification process. There's no waiting for three months for someone to verify something and you get paid. You'll get your money the moment that grain's on the boat. And the best thing about the podcast is that I think you're very fair in, in asking questions like, because you need to have all these inputs and obviously the technology is all algorithms code, which has been written up and you're good at showing the skepticism that a lot of people would, would have, which is how do you trust the system? How do you trust the inputs going in? Because there's no regulator, basically, no one auditing it. It puts a lot of trust into the farmers, into the people receiving the goods as well. You know, and if you listen to the podcast, a simple analogy would be that, you know, if you claim to own a block of land on an island with 200 people on it, you would normally go to the Lands and Titles Office or some other authority and get a title deed and that would show it. But with blockchain, all the other 150 people or whatever who live on the island would all agree and vote, if you like, digitally that you own that block of land. So therefore, there's no need for you to, that, that contract doesn't need to have that independent verification by some other authority because all the stakeholders in that island have all voted and said, yes, you own that block of land. Mm. It's really done that everybody who's got money in this, it's in their own interest to make sure everything that's accurate. And once technology develops even more, it become completely foolproof and therefore incredibly safe because I think that would be the main concern. Look, we've run out of time. It's a very fascinating topic, as are all the ones that Chris Russell covers on the podcast, Agamanas. Make sure you download those at podcast1.com.au. Thank you very much, Chris. No worries, Sean. Speak to you next week. Let's turn the feel-good back on. Sean for breakfast. Esperance's 747. Let's talk digital now with Kim Mazin, our digital technologies educator. Kim, how are you? Good, Sean. How are you? I'm okay. I, I mean, I've got holidays in about three and a half weeks, but you're popping off next week. Next Wednesday, you're done. You're off to Europe. That's right. Countdown is on. How dare you? How dare you leave the Aspen summer for, what, Europe? and the, It's going to be cold, isn't it? Yeah, snowing, hopefully. Okay. Do you have, going well. You got the right garments ready? Not yet, no. <laughs> <laughs> Need to buy a Katmandu jacket or something That's like right. that. So because this will be the last Talking Digital for the year, and yes, you can hear... People crying out all across Esperance, of course. Thought we'd have a look at the 2020 trends which will be coming up when it comes to the digital world. That's about right? Yes. Looking ahead. Looking, looking ahead, ahead to next year. Take it away. What have we got? We've spoken a lot this year, Sean. Like lots of different things have been happening this year. We've had everything from hidden Instagram likes yep. to the new baby Yoda memes. You know, it's all... <laughs> Disney Plus, yeah. Absolutely. It's all happening. Mm-hmm. And there's three things that I really think we're going to see more of. The first is augmented reality. 
or oh, AR. Um, I've wanted to talk about this all year with you, Sean. Um, for those that don't know about AR, it's an interactive experience of the real world in front of us, but using our devices. So the best example that comes to mind for me is Pokemon Go. You might have might remember those those kids that are sitting on the side of the road looking at their phones, sort of circling around through parks. They're looking through Pokemon. The Pokemon appear on their phones, but they're actually looking through a camera lens, which shows them the real world. That's exactly right in terms of what AR is. Another classic example are the face filters on Instagram and Snapchat. Yes. Um, so they take the real face through the camera lens, but then superimpose some extra things on top. Yeah. Where do you see this going? Yeah, so it's really starting to infiltrate into all industries, and this is why I think we're really going to just see this full boom, you know, continuing. Um, As an example, um, the shopping industry, um, there are 100 million users are expected to be using AR-enabled shopping features um, this year. Wow. Going into next year. Um, Some some examples, I've tried a couple myself. IKEA app, for instance, uh, you can drop in IKEA furniture into your living room. Oh, that's cool. To actually see how it will look before you buy. Um, You can superimpose clothes onto you. I literally thought about that. I was thinking you can go onto your Urban Outfitters or your General Pants. They're just websites that sell clothes and put a hat on your head. Exactly. Um, Sephora makeup, um, you can actually try on their makeup using their AR That's features. pretty cool, isn't it? Like, that yeah. sounds pretty handy. I mean, it's bad. Across Esperance. Sean for breakfast. So we've also spoken a lot about privacy and security on the show, Sean, and I really think that 2020 is going to be where cybersecurity is going to be at the foremost of people's attention. And I think a lot of the big organisations, you know, your banks and other organisations are all really coming together now, um, presenting a united front around how they educate people. There are a number of government initiatives, you know, websites, awareness weeks being put in place already. And I think we're going to see that grow more in 2020. Uh, For the first half of 2019, I found some data here that um, there were 3,800 publicly disclosed data breaches. Oh, boy. And 4.1 billion records exposed. We've had everything from Fortnite to Adobe to universities, banks, Facebook, Instagram. I think data is really going to be the focus of 2020. Um, the, The security of what we as the individual, give out to organisations. But also the flip side of that, looking at how organisations are using our data. You know, we've talked about target marketing a bit on the show. That's getting more sophisticated, more refined, more um, prolific. Mm. Um, So I think data is going to be huge. And all right, the third and final thing that is trending for 2020, and she's rubbing her hands with delight and glee. What is it? Well, look, this is a little bit of a wish list. (laughs) Slash, it actually might happen, Sean. Um, Bendable glass. Bendable glass. Bendable glass. Bend, well, okay. I'm intrigued. Go on. Yeah. So the dream, right? We've got these big lumpy old phones we bring out every week. Oh, yes. Imagine if this could just squish down or bend down into something nice and small, fit in the back pocket a little bit easier, or even bend outwards 
and flip outwards and double your screen size. There is definitely a television show where that happens, where they fold out their tablets and stuff, and it becomes quite handy. Is that so? You saying that's that might not be far away? Or what have you read? What's the technology yeah. here? Well, word on the street, <laughs> the technology, the digital street. <laughs> word on the street is that um, Apple is investing two hundred million dollars into Whoa. the glass manufacturer that provides their screens. Basically, you know that the research is underway, the development is underway. The the rumour was that there might be a foldable device from Apple as early as next year. I'm notorious for having a phone which has a broken screen. It's broken at the moment. I can't actually take selfies without the light coming in all wrong because there's a, a break. Imagine if you could take that away by making bending glass. I'm due for a new iPhone. Do I hang out? Do I wait? Yes, sure, sure. <laughs> Trust first. me. <laughs> uh, well, look, that's yeah. very exciting times. I mean, most of that. And then hopefully look out for that bendable glass and, of course, augmented reality. Uh, I've been catching up with Kim Madison. This will be the final time we do so in 2019. Kim, thank you so much. Thanks, Sean. Sean for Breakfast Catch-Up on Triple M. Bye-bye. Have a good time. Listen to Sean for Breakfast wherever you are. Download the Triple M app now.